Hi, everyone. I'm Denise Garth, Chief Strategy Officer at Majesco, and you're listening to the Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast series. Follow along as I interview the best and brightest leaders in the insurance industry and insure tech landscape to bring you the latest in digital transformation, innovation, industry trends, challenges, and opportunities, as well as next-gen technologies. We use our experience to anticipate what's next without losing sight of what's now. Stay tuned to find out your next now. Welcome, everybody, to today's podcast on our industry leaders within insurance here at Majesco. This is Denise Garth, Chief Strategy Officer, and I am thrilled to welcome Samantha Chow, who now is at Capgemini, leading up the LNAH segment of the business. And I'm so excited to be partnering back together with you again, Sam. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Denise. Glad to be back with you again, too. Although I know you're well known in the industry, why don't you go ahead and give a little bit of background on yourself, Cap Gemini, and our partnership for our audience? Absolutely. So, I've been in the industry for about 25 years now, covering life insurance, annuity, pensions, and benefits on a global scale, working for carriers such as Aflac and New York Life. But also spent five years as an analyst covering the industry on a global scale across policy administration, claims, underwriting, data and intelligence, AI, machine learning, InsureTech, where I got to know Denise extremely well and Majesco. I spent two years at EIS helping that core system vendor get off the ground in the life and annuity space and the individual life and annuity space. And here I am now at Capgemini, enjoying this partnership that we have with Majesco as well. Even I was aware of this partnership before I got here. It was a pretty strong relationship out there in the industry that Majesco and Cap have had. And not just on the systems integration and alliances side, but on that strategic partnership, really kind of supporting the life and benefits industry really focus on legacy modernization and claim how they can better fit the needs of our evolving customers. So it's been great so far to be here and working with you again, Denise. Likewise here, Sam. One of the things you and I talked about is this modern workforce and how it's rapidly changing, both from a demographic standpoint, now even from a behavioral standpoint with work from home, gig workers, et cetera. And that has major implications for insurance. So can you kind of talk about the state of play of the market, both from an employer benefits and a customer needs based on your world report findings? Yes. So we're very excited about this world life and health report that it's coming out. The workforce is changing. The world is changing, right? We've got the great resignation. You know, people are resigning left and right. Trying to keep talent is very difficult. You know, like you said, that gig economy is growing. People during COVID realized that they could be more flexible, work for themselves. I want to be able to work from home. So I want to be able to turn this on and off whenever I want to. It all became more about me in the end. So employers are struggling to compete with other employers to get new talent, to retain the current talent. So there's salary wars happening. And then the other piece of this is this 
benefits war, competing with benefits, because we can't just raise uh, salaries, right? We have to figure other ways to compete. So benefit packages has become a key area in, in competing from, from one company to another. And it's the addition of not just your basic benefits, your critical illness and your, your disabilities and those things that are kind of mandated, but adding in things like warranty insurance or group annuities to kind of offset the need for, for pensions. But when you wrap this into what we've kind of learned from the World Health Life and Health Report, what consumers were telling us is what they really want to see more of and things we've been thinking about and talking about in the industry is wellness. Yes, I think about my physical and my mental health. I think about my financial health or my wealth and retirement, but they really want to bring these things together. So connecting the dots between that physical, mental, financial, your healthcare, your income protection products. I always loved, you know, how the Europeans really kind of coined that perfectly and bringing that wealth or retirement into it. The consumers themselves within this report made it perfectly clear, like their trusted advisor for wellness as a whole, looking at it holistically are their insurance providers. So it's a great opportunity for the industry. Huge opportunity. You know, one of the challenges that, uh, particularly in the voluntary benefit space, many of the insurers are facing is that their customers, the employers, see three to five or even more unique generational groups within their employee base. And they all have vastly different needs and expectations in terms of the types of products and services and the experience that they want. You add this to the growing gig workforce that every business is pretty much working from a contracting perspective. It makes portability of benefits crucial and also the ability to gig on and gig off employees uh, for those paid benefits. All of this kind of suggests a shift for insurers to move from a product-centric to a customer-centric perspective and to better understand those customers to meet those needs. So talk about that shift and the implications operationally and technically to accomplish this, Sam. Yeah, I mean, this is a challenge. Being able to serve the three to five different unique generational groups is it demands flexibility. It demands that you have a wide array of different type of benefit offerings and packages for these different groups. You know, what someone needs nearing retirement compared to what someone needs just coming into the workforce is completely different. So being able to provide that flexibility, bringing in different types of services and products that a carrier may or may not have in their library today is going to be a challenge. And furthermore, the HR benefit provider now has to reach out to multiple insurance providers or multiple brokers, because even the broker doesn't manage all of these types of products to bring them in. And so now they have to manage more than they've ever had to manage. So the, the implications operationally are really boiled down to how do I support this HR benefits manager? And technically is, you know, how do I solve this problem for them by being able to connect to or partner with other insurance providers. I mean, this is, you know, we talk about, you know, your frenemies, if you will, and that's been used quite a bit, but how do I partner with multiple different carriers to bring that unique package or that flexible package to the employer? And you add into this, you know, what you said, that gig on and gig off, being able to be, offer products that are portable, you know, to say, hey, listen, I'm going, I want to be able to take these products with me. And of course, every carrier's 
kind of dream, if you will, is to retain that customer, not lose one every time someone decides they want to change employers. So it's key to not only the, the carrier retaining their market share, but also it's key for that employer to provide a competitive and flexible package to their employees that, that they need. Again, going back to like, what's the operational impact? Well, today, most carriers can't do the portability because number one, their systems, they don't have both group and individual systems. Some carriers focus only on group, others focus only on individual. But so to switch that, you need to be able to have a very automatic and seamless process. Whereas today it's okay, I've got to close out this one, you know, this individual employee in this system, and then re-key their information into this individual system. And so they're being billed correctly. You know, I have to pull all this information from the past and set this kind of retroactively, force the premiums and such so that you're, you're starting from scratch, but you're not starting from scratch, which makes complex even more. But the impediment here from a technology standpoint is legacy, right? You can't, you know, taking legacy technology, you can't force it to convert something, convert going from a, a group billing system into an individual billing system. That legacy technology is a major impediment. The way to overcome that is through looking more directly at a more modern piece of technology or policy administration system. One of the things we discussed in one of the roundtables we did with Cap Gemini last year with you guys, we actually had one of the brokers on the panel and they talked about that as they're putting together a full benefit plan for one of their customers and employer, they are taking into consideration those different generational groups, but they are also taking into account the types of products. Could be a true group product, it could be a combination of some voluntary benefit, but it could also be individual products to kind of meet different needs of all of these different companies and also address that portability issue because sometimes portability of a voluntary benefit product, while it could be there, the cost is actually can be much more higher and therefore they don't really retain them as a customer and creating that kind of benefit plan experience where you could be pulling a lot of different information together becomes really important. And he talked about the challenges of legacy technology of some of the carriers out there that really makes their jobs difficult. Yeah. And you mentioned the broker today I've seen, and I've spoken to several brokers, you know, over the last six months who are saying like, they're looking at the carriers that they support. They provide, you know, benefits to their employer customers. And this is what's driving their decision to make recommendations. Is there portability? Is there flexibility? Are they bringing a, a more robust package to the table that can be flexible or not? That's driving their decision. And of course, the carrier wants them to you know, recommend them. So in order to do that, they've got to be able to, to meet those demands that we're seeing change today. And that really gets to the next area that I wanted us to talk about. And that is really this digital age paradigm where carriers really need to pivot how they're engaging differently from a tactical and transactional to more of an experience-led and really proactive, which is really what we're talking about for these brokers. How do carriers transform from that old paradigm of transaction to the paradigm of experience while keeping up with all of these demands around them? That's a great question. I think, you know, you and I probably started having conversations about this like seven years ago. The answer, data, data, data. This is where data comes in and really 
gives the the carriers an opportunity to be proactive rather than reactive. We've lived in this reactive world, whether you're talking about kind of benefits or you're talking about individual life insurance or annuities or anything, we've lived in this reactive world, but we shouldn't have to anymore, right? You guys have tools. There's numerous tools out there. Even Capgemini is our, you know, our data and insights team that can help put together the right use of the tools to bring all that data together. So if we focus again, specifically here on like kind of the benefits side of the house and how do we become proactive, it's about having access to all the data, the employers and the employees, and being able to kind of anonymize that and pull together a strategy, categorization, and really kind of looking at kind of a, from a macro level to a micro level. Level, and also add in, you know, third-party data where you can get it to get a bigger picture. And with that in the right data and analytics program and more modern technology that can help with responsive triggers to help create those triggers and rules, you have the opportunity to kind of automate what that next best offer or next best product is, personalize your quotes for that individual type of em- employer group, the type of products you're going to, or package you're going to put together for a construction company is probably going to be v- widely different than the package you'll put together for you know a, a small marketing firm. Being able to create those flexibilities to say, hey, listen, you know that small marketing firm looks like a, B, and C company, and I'm getting ready to renew that marketing company, but A, B, and C decided to go with you know, this product and that product, I can proactively go in and say, let's look at adding this product or taking away this one. Also add in the usage data. Your employees didn't really use this product very well. There weren't a lot of claims. You know, Maybe you should make that, exchange that out with something else that seems to be more popular out in the industry today. So it gives them an opportunity to engage and build a relationship and also be more proactive in their needs and the the quotes that they give rather than reacting to the HR benefit manager saying, you know, hey, you know, this company I know is using this product or that product. Can you tell me about that and and add that in and tell me what that would look like? We don't want to be in that world anymore, right? We want the relationship, you know? The last two to three years during COVID, it really highlighted the demand and the need for, for overall financial wellness. You know, we've talked about wellness in the past in the LNA space where it's about healthy lifestyles, but we've really expanded it over the last two to three years around financial wellness. And that is what are the risk products that we offer as an industry, but what are some other the value added services that can be used to try to have a broader financial aspect of people's lives? not only from a life and maybe a disability and a critical illness or a health perspective, but also from a banking and a property, you know, their auto insurance, their home insurance, all of those types of things that they're trying to manage with a limited income, how do they manage their overall financial wellness? And that's becoming a bigger part of a benefits discussion. And I know I was just talking to a common friend of ours when this person joined their company, their whole benefits package included everything across what we would consider both a PNC and an LNA segment types of products that they need. So it's really changing and expanding pretty dramatically where you really help people's overall lives. So kind of talk about that because I know your research kind of went into that too. Absolutely. And and to me, this this is an opportunity to really bring the insurance industry together where we can really focus on that customer. Insurance is about income protection. 
right? That's not it just to protect the income for that policyholder, but, but their family. There's so much more, whether you're talking about auto insurance or life insurance or disability or any of those things, it's really about protection and meeting those needs and preventing someone from falling into a a financial situation, even through protecting their health, right? Through health care and ability to go see the doctor when and where they need to and all of that. But it's also think about it. It's a better way to think about insurance. And this idea of bringing everything together appeals to that younger consumer. We know through our research that that younger consumer is really kind of driven by convenience. They don't want to deal with complexities. They want to be able to do their own research. They want to hear what you have to say, but they want to make their own decisions. They want to be able to, you know, educate and make decisions and do it in a way that allows them to pick up a phone when they want to talk to someone to learn more, do it in a digital fashion, complete everything through that digital, or do it in a complete face-to-face, whether they're dealing with the HR benefit manager or they're dealing with a broker or an agent. So, you know, when you think about this kind of broader concept of insurance, what it does is it gives the carrier or the insurance industry an opportunity to work together to educate people and set them up for a positive future. Again, kind of personalizing it for that individual consumer's needs. And that personalization is also kind of key in in what these individuals want and need today. You know, they don't want to hear about, you know, someone who's got, you know, diabetes if they don't have diabetes, but they do want to hear about how do I keep myself kind of healthy and not get into that border of, of being a diabetic or how do I, you know, prevent that from happening to me? And if it does happen, like what kind of insurance might I need to focus in on? So it really, it kind of just brings everything kind of wholeheartedly together in a nice little package where we can all support each other in the insurance industry. So something that kind of underpins everything that we've been talking about, and you uh, briefly referenced it earlier, is technology. For us to be able to do everything that employees and employers need to be competitive out there is really going to require different technology than what we've had in the past. You know, and it's everything from core to digital and data analytics that you kind of mentioned, but also, you know, other technologies like IoT, particularly in the LNAH segment of the industry we're behind as compared to PNC and transformation, which in one way is not good, but in another way, it's kind of like, maybe we can take advantage of this because we can make a jump directly to the cloud. Talk about why insurers need to kind of accelerate this transformation sooner than rather than later, particularly given the current market conditions, we almost need to put the pedal to the metal. Yeah. And it's, you make a a great point, you know, learning from other industries. It's great to be able to look back. If you look back, I've seen so many carriers not look back, just jump and try and do things without learning from, you know, what some of their other PNC partners have done in the past, or even the retail market for that matter. But yes, there is a lot to lose. And, you know, we talk about, you know, things like technologies like IOT, especially when we talk about wellness, how that plays an active role. And it's not just IOT, but it's 
third party data, it's electronic health records, it's, you know, purchasing behaviors, it's interacting with your diet app or Weight Watchers or, or what have you. All of that plays an integral role in this holistic kind of approach of, of wellness and data and the ability to be proactive and build that relationship with your policyholder or your employer or your employee. Consumers are using these devices, right? That they're using IoT devices. It's growing at a rapid rate. These devices are even embedded in, you know, basic things that we buy today, like, you know, telematics are embedded in cars and the consumers, they, they want to share it if they get something out of it. If it's going to benefit them in some way, if it's going to provide them some kind of personalized data or education or just a personalized, more consumable approach to reaching them and engaging with them. Legacy systems really weren't meant to consume this type of data. They're not meant to consume this amount of data because the amount of data that comes out of those, any of those types of devices, it's a lot. And to be able to process it in real time to create you know, again, proactive rather than reactive situations and opportunities that you need a more modern legacy stack, if you will, even if it's just trying to hone in on that policy admin or that more digital core that enables you to be able to use the cloud and more data and analytics, real-time processing approaches that are going to help kind of trigger this, again, proactive way of doing things. It's the only way that you're going to achieve the gains from a true wellness program that uses not only IoT, but uses third-party data from anywhere. It's kind of the crux, right? We have, to, we have to upgrade that in order to create these more flexible wellness embedded, uh, you name the innovative term, uh, <laughs> programs that we really need to get into. As you look at technology, what have you seen as the next technology trends that you guys are looking at that companies should be considering experimenting in or investing in to stay at the leading edge? Yeah, I mean, there's buckets and there's, there is so much, like you said, I mean, we're kind of, we're behind the PNC. We've done things in little pockets, right? So, you know, we've, we've done some stuff in enrollment. We've done some things in underwriting. We've done some customer engagement things. But what's happened, I believe, in my experience and speaking with others is that they're not realizing the true gains of what they thought they would. They hit kind of a plateau of kind of process efficiency and customer experience with some of these, you know, underwriting claims and and other areas. And that's because they didn't really change that core policy administration, right? The policy administration system itself hasn't changed. And so... I do see a lot of people starting to really think about that. You know, how do I take that core? How do I evolve that core? Or how do I digital wrapper around my legacy in order to create that unified customer experience in not only for my customers, whether they be the employers, the employees, the brokers, the underwriter, claim representative, how do I do that? The carriers that can start to focus on that are going to see, you know, major shifts and changes in some of the things they've done in the past. The other thing I think they're going to have to focus on, especially when it comes to kind of the life insurance side benefits to a certain degree is claims. You know, there has to be this kind of 
ongoing kind of beneficiary engagement and automation in handling life insurance claims. It's very touchy. It's, you know, critical illness or, you know, accidental death and dismember. You think about all these things, those claims are all very, you know, you need to be very empathetic. And in many cases, those consumers need that money immediately. They need to be able to say, okay, you know, I'm going to give you this amount of money immediately. And then you call me when, when you're set and let's go through this, let's go through this together and make sure you're, you set things up right. And we, we do this, you know, in a very uh, strategic fashion for your future. And then that proactive customer engagement and personalization is going to be key. The carrier masters that is really going to lead the way in the marketplace. So with all these changes, and and you and I both know there's more changes coming down the road, how do you think about the future of insurance in the next three to five years? How would you describe it to our audience, Sam, and the things to kind of take into consideration? It is action-packed. That's what it is. And I kind of bled on, I think, a little bit in the previous question, but I think that the next three to five years, you're carriers are going to take control of that technical debt. They're shifting to be much more cloud dependent. You know, right now, yes, we've got a lot of cloud usage, but I I suspect in the next three to five years, most will be, you know, pretty darn close to being, I would say, 75, 85% in the cloud. That's going to provide so many more technical scalability and operational efficiencies that's really going to help them, you know, set the stage for product development and changes and how, you know, we position products and the ability to partner and come together with other carriers and service providers. The other thing I kind of see is going back to this wellness and that partnering is, is, you know, kind of a convergence, right, of these different types of insurance providers. I feel like we're going to start to see a lot of hand-holding and singing kumbaya and meeting the needs of the consumers, that customer-centric approach rather than thinking individually. I like to end my podcast the same way I do with everybody. And, And Sam, I've never had anybody give me the same word. So if you could describe in one word or phrase, Describe the future of insurance and what would it be? Challenge on. Challenge on. And (laughs) if you can see my face, I have two. You know me, I have to be, (laughs) I have to be a little uh, out there. So my first one is compassionate. And I I say it's going to be compassionate because we are starting to really think about the customer. We're starting to, to really, I mean, not that we didn't in the past, but, you know, I think it's a little thing. Times are a little different now. And we're trying to really put that customer first in everything that we do. We want to help them protect themselves and be well, holistically well. And then the other one, just because I am who I am, I say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious because we are going to be extraordinarily good. Well, I got to tell you, I don't think anybody's used those two words at all. See, I was challenged. Well accepted. So Sam, thanks so much for your insights today. It's I'm excited. We're all excited here at Majesco to be partnering with you again, particularly in the LNAH space. And there's so much opportunity that I know that together we're going to be able to help make a difference in the industry and ultimately to individuals, employers, lives, and their businesses. So looking forward to it, Sam. Yes, me too, Denise. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast. Subscribe to our market-leading podcast series available wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in the next time.